What up, though? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit. Hey, man, and it's, this is the new season of my podcast, and I'm glad to be back. Um, it's been a few months since I last recorded, and we, you know, got a little, got to get back into the the, uh, the flow of things, got a little technical difficulties with stuff, got new equipment, and I'm trying to get used to it. Let me switch something. Because it's acting up. There we go. There we go. So, yeah, man. Um, I'm glad to be back, everybody. We, uh, I got a special guest today who I'm about to uh, introduce in a second. Uh, just want to uh, give some updates on everything. Um, new dates are coming out soon. I will be back on the road real soon this fall. Um, I was actually supposed to start, uh, last month, but I got, you know, got caught down with that Rona. That Rona took me out. So, new dates is coming out. Um, actually, I'm also getting ready to shoot some short films and some pilot episodes, uh, for a TV show. So, a lot of new content is coming out. Um, so everybody get ready, get ready for it because it's about to be a, uh, busy, busy fall season. So we get ready for that. So to get into the podcast today, um, this guy right here, man, is one of Detroit's own. He is on one of the hottest podcasts out there. And I've been a, a fan of it for a long time now. It's been a long time. I've been watching it since they were out in the park uh, shooting shooting videos. You in a G with it. That's how long I've been in it, man. And... Um, and it's, and I'm, so I'm just happy to have one of the guys on, um, we can get into some hip hop stuff and a lot of different things. So welcome to the podcast, man. My boy, BZ430. What up though? What up though? What's going on, man? What's going on everybody? Your listeners and everybody? What's up? So, um, like we were just talking about, uh, off, you know, saying off, offline. Yeah. I, uh, I caught the, uh, the COVID bug. The same day that y'all you text you had hit me up about y'all was going live. That's the that's the day that I caught it. I will. That's the day that I found that I had symptoms. Okay. Because um, I was driving around and I was going to a show, and I was just extremely tired, like literally. So I'm just thinking, like, man, I'm just sleepy or something. It's been it was already a long day. So I get home, and when I get to the house. I'm just, like I said, super tired that all of a sudden my face just started feeling discomfort and hurt. I couldn't really explain it. It was just my whole face just started hurting. So I had took some Advil and I just laid down and went to sleep. Next thing I know, the house just became extremely hot and I'm just in sweats. I I had the air conditioning on Detroit on a Thursday in January in this bitch. <laughs> That's how cold it was in here. And I didn't know what was going on. So the next day, I get up, my daily routine, but I start feeling fatigued, like super quick. So that was so that was a Wednesday when I first felt symptoms. Thursday, I just came home early, laid down, and just went to sleep. Friday, I didn't leave the house at all. I just stayed in the house and was still was just tired. So, but Friday, I went and took the COVID test. Saturday, I get the results positive. Okay. So, I just shut it down. I just, I've been in the house well, ever since. people, like, during the, from the time you felt the symptoms to the time you found out you was positive, was you, like, around anyone or you was, like, kind of staying away from folks? I was still, like I said, the only day between, so... The Wednesday when I Wednesday when I first felt symptoms, and Saturday when I got the results, the only day that I kind of, that I wasn't in contact with people was Friday. Thursday I was in contact with people a little bit, and then Friday no contact. Saturday morning I was in contact with a little bit of people, got the results back, and literally went straight to the house. Didn't leave the house, you know what I'm saying? And then I also let people. That I was in contact with, know that I wasn't, you know, saying that I that I had tested positive and everything. So I want yeah, people to be safe. Especially if you was around, them. that's damn, that's crazy. 
crazy, man. Yeah, like, it's funny you say it because when I had got backs, my first shot, I didn't feel nothing. You know, people was like, yeah, I, you know, I was little, little feeling this way, feeling that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I know my arm was sore for about a couple hours. So then when I got my second dose, my second dose, I was straight. Like, I got it on a Tuesday. That Wednesday when I was at work, I was like, man, why do I just got a feeling? I just feel like laying down. Like, for like five hours that next day, I was like, all I want to do is just lay down and just like, just lay down and not do nothing. Uh-huh. So like five hours. So then after that, I was straight. But yeah, I, that was like my only symptom I had after I got the Vex, after I got my uh, Pfizer Vex um, back in uh, March and April. But yeah, they say, I, and I got another homegirl that had it. She had it bad. She was like, the first two days she was straight. She said by day three, four, and five, she thought she was going to have to go to the ER. Then it got bad. And I was like, but I guess just people's bodies just react to it differently. Yeah, because also I'm a diabetic. But um, I didn't have, but literally my symptoms were literally only fatigue. And for, like I said, the first day was really like um, the pain, the little discomfort I had in my face, in my head. That's it. After that day, only thing I had was fatigue for a few days. Where I literally just slept and just laid around. And after that, I was up and moving. After about the fourth, fifth day, I was ready to, to get back to life, but I was still testing positive, so I couldn't do shit. Damn. So how long has it been? Did you test again? It's negative. So I'm taking. So I took it. So I took another test, and I'm waiting for the results to come back. Now, the last one I took was on uh, was last week, last weekend, and I got the results back on Sunday, and it still said positive. So, right now, I'm still waiting for a negative test, but I feel 100% fine. Okay. Yeah, they Man, just said that it takes some, for some people, it can take a while. But you can feel 100% fine, still test positive. You just got to just wait it out until your system, yeah. till your system runs all out. That's, man, this bonus shit ain't no joke, man. I'm telling you. And that's why everywhere I go, man, I still I put my mask on everywhere I go, man. Like, Especially the only time I don't is like recently, you know, at the studio. I mean, you know, all of us are vaccinated, so you know, we that's the only time we be like, okay, cool, we don't have to wear our masks. But even right. before then, before we was all getting vaccinated, when we finally decided to go back to the studio, we was we were still wearing masks, man, sitting up recording, wearing masks. And it's funny reading the comments and stuff. People be so upset that we're wearing masks around each other. It's like, <laughs> like why do y'all even care? <laughs> exactly. Like y'all can still hear us. It's not like we It's not like we sounded like that. You can still hear us clearly. We have good mics. We got good audio equipment, and people just still people just be playing us, be complaining, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So um, so I want I just want to get into a little bit about you before we really get into you know really talking about different things. So I know you're from Detroit. Where did where, what part of the city did you grow up in? Westside, Drove, Pinehurst area. Okay. So I grew up like Mackenzie, Cooley, Cody, like around that that you know area. Okay. Yeah, I grew up um, on Seven Mile and Ryan, East Side. Okay. So east but side. I but I graduated from Oak Park, and okay. I know the West Side like the back of my hand. You know, gotcha, I I, gotcha. I done run all those streets. Hey, what made what made you go to Oak Park? Oh, my mother. My mother. My mother knew. She said, "Because uh, I grew up by Persian." I was about to say you by either Osborne or Persian. Yeah, I grew up right. I grew up literally like Persian is two blocks away from right, two blocks from my house where I grew up at. And she was like, "You ain't going there." And not like Oak Park was any any different. You know, saying any better, but <laughs> that's why I asked. I'm like, well, why she? Take you to but the fact of that it was just it was it was technically a suburban school. Right. That's what just made her more comfortable. Right, but it wasn't. Trust me, I know you know, but it definitely wasn't that much different from. Only difference was we didn't have metal detectors. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that's the only difference. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Westside man grew up born and raised in Westside. My, my dad, he was born and raised. He grew up on the east side, so like, yeah, uh, you know, we got family. On his side, his side of the family lived up, you know, over there on the east side, over there, Conyers, Van Dyke, mm-hmm. Gratiot, uh, Warren, and, East Warren and Mac, uh, yeah, over there in that area. So that's that's the DC side, side of town that I used to go when I see his side of the family. And then he got some family from Chicago as well, so I used to go to Chicago in the summertime. My mother, she's originally from Cleveland before she had moved to Detroit and met my dad. She, so we used to go to Cleveland. And then some Cleveland and Chicago, it was like, the surrounding Midwest cities I used to always frequent growing up, you know, you know, growing up, me and my sister. So, 
Okay. I'm a Midwest dude to the heart. Uh, so how long have you been in Atlanta? Since 2004 now. Okay. Yeah, since 2004, man. Like, my, uh, my parents got divorced in 2000. My mother didn't want to be in the city for the in-laws and stuff, so she... My, my godmother, who moved down here in 94 from Detroit, that was my mother's best friend. So she was already living, she was already living out here, so my mother was like, well, I'm going to go to Atlanta. If you don't want me to go to Atlanta, just let me know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, go to Atlanta. That'd be somewhere I can visit. Right. So, you know, I've been, you know, I was visiting her, visiting her, and then I was like, man, you know what? I'm like, man, I'm going to uh, go ahead and move down here. Because, you know, at that point, I was, uh, I went to Wayne State for a few years, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. So, uh, you know, once I moved out here, I was like, okay, well, you know, what you call it, HVAC, I do HVAC work, so HVAC is like, you know, that's like one of the most secure job fields down here, it's like one of the most secure jobs besides nursing and, 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 and uh, what's the other one, nursing and like IT, right. so I'm like, yeah, HVAC, that's going to be it, so I did HVAC training, working a little part-time jobs while I was doing all that, and then once I got my HVAC certs, I've been here ever since, man. Okay. Yeah, I, actually, I used to live in Atlanta. I lived, I lived in Atlanta for two years. I lived in, I moved to Atlanta in January of 2012. Okay. 2012. I was down there during the time when uh, Atlanta had the, the big snowstorm. Yeah. When the city, when people, when people was. Who was here for the storm again? Yeah. Oh, word. Wow. That's <laughs> when, crazy. Pe- when people was leaving their cars on the, on the freeway and. And people being stuck at McDonald's and grocery stores and shit. Dude, I I was man, God must be watching me that day because you know that day. Usually it takes me, you know, at that time it takes me 15, 20 minutes to get home from work, right? Mm-hmm. So that day, that morning, for some reason, I, I gassed my car up like that morning on my way to work. I had already brought my own food, and. Right before they let us, like, when they decided to let us leave because, you know, the weather was getting bad. Right. At that point, traffic was crazy. So, I had already just used the bathroom. I, I still didn't eat my lunch because they let us go before lunch. So, I had all my food in my car, and I had a tank full of, I had a tank, you know, a tank full of gas. Normally, it takes me 15, 20 minutes to get home, but it took me five hours to get home that day. Damn. And luckily, that's what I'm saying, like, thank God I had a full tank of gas, because when I got home, my tank was, like, at a quarter. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a buy a quarter of a tank. So I had a full tank, and, like, and I wasn't hungry because I had food in my car. And like I guess I didn't have to go to, the, I didn't have to use the bathroom because I had just used the bathroom before I left the building. So, yeah, man, I, man, that was a blessing for me. Like, I had music, you know, I was playing all types of music while I was sitting in the car just chilling. But, right. um, yeah, that was a blessing for me that day because, yeah, I know people who had, like, either spend a night in their car or they, like, ran out of gas and, like, walk to a nearby, like, you know, maybe like a Motel 6 or like a grocery store, and they was letting people sleep in there or whatever. It was crazy that day, man. That was a wild day. Yeah, because um, at that time, I was living in Vinus, mm. right by Cumberland Mall. Yeah. And I, I will never forget this, because that morning, I don't know what it was, I just I just was asleep for a long time. I just know I woke up in the afternoon around like 2 or 3, mm. and... Uh, I was staying with my cousin, her roommate. Her roommate, like, uh, was like, "Man, it's it's really uh, coming down out there. It's crazy right now." And I look at the news, and I look outside, and I'm looking like, "Ain't no snow really out there." And she like, "Yes, it is." I'm like, "Nah, that ain't nothing." And so I said, "And this is I'm f- still fresh from Detroit, you know what I'm saying?" And so I'm like, "That's not nothing." So I literally leave out to go walk to the store. During my, my walk from the apartment to the store, I literally helped probably about three or four people moving their car because they couldn't, you know, saying their cars were stuck. Yeah. And I'm looking like, this is crazy. Like, you know, you're, you're barely seeing the ground covered with snow. No. And, like, the city is in a frantic. Yeah. And, you know, when me and you from, you know, I remember I had to, you know, shovel out my driveway just so I could back out and leave. Like, Mm-hmm. That was a normal day for me. Like, you know, back, shovel up, back out, leave, come home. Oh, shit, I can't put it in my driveway. I got to put it, park on the side, get the shovel, dr- shovel up the bottom of my driveway so I can pull it on up without getting stuck. Like, all that was normal. So, like, seeing, like you said, seeing what was going on in Atlanta, I was like, 
Yeah, this is freaking crazy, dude. Like, they are actually losing it. And I was off work for the remainder of the week. Like, pay off work for the remainder. They was like, do not come to work. Like, just stay home. That yeah. shit was wild. I remember I worked out at the time. I had a little part, had a part-time job at this little uh, moms and pops, like, uh, bread factory. And it was out in, like, Cobb County. I can't, it was out that way. And the guy, uh, the guy was like, uh, yeah, we're just going to shut down for the next two days. And as I said, shut down? I'm looking like, I can get to work easily. <laughs> I'm like, nothing, I can get to work. No, we're going to go ahead and shut down. The weather is just too bad. And I'm looking like, this is just crazy. But as I look back at it now, because the city, from the salt trucks and all that stuff, they wasn't prepared. It was just something that they're not used to and they're not prepared for. It was going to be crazy regardless, you know. And that's how anywhere I have lived, you know, because I done lived in uh, Dallas, uh, Memphis. I done live, you know, here in L.A. It's, it, I, when it comes to, to weather stuff, no matter the little how little it is, it's huge to them because they're not prepared for none of that type of stuff at all. Damn. Yeah, I know. It, it is. I mean, that's amazing to me. You know, my pop's calling me laughing. Like, I see y'all. They going crazy on there. He laughing at me and stuff. I'm like, look. I'm like, trust me. I, I'm, I'm laughing too because I'm just like, I can't believe that they, you know, they just not, like you said, they just not built for, the, for that type of weather. You know, it's just, you know, states yeah. like Alabama, Mississippi, they're not built for that. They don't have stuff. They don't have concession plans for a snowstorm, like you know, they don't they don't worry about that. It's yeah. crazy. So, um, I uh, man, I, I don't have any like, uh, you know what? I actually do. I don't. It's not a lot of signature moments that I remember because I watch so many of y'all videos where literally I watch them like, what the fuck is they listening to? <laughs> And we hear hear like oh, something that I love, and y'all shit on it. Like I'd be like, dog, what is they listening to? This shit is fire. I love and, it. I love, I love it. I love it. But it's one. It's one album that I remember that I think majority of y'all didn't like, and that was uh, Magna Carta. Oh yeah, yeah. That's still that's still that's still my least favorite. If I was to rank Jay Z's discography, that would be in the bottom three still to this day. It's not like this. It's not my top five, but it's not in my bottom either. I, I actually really enjoy that album. It's in my bottom. It's in my bottom. So, because I feel yeah. like man, I still feel this shit to this day. I still feel like Jay was. It was so weird hearing Jay follow. Like I feel like he was trying to follow a trend. Though he did have a few songs where he was dropping some nuggets. But I feel like as far as the sound, some like the song with Rick Ross was a prime example. I was like, oh my God, Jay, like, what is going on? Like, why are you sounding like everybody else? Like, you, you're the, you like, you're, you're, you're the trendsetter and you was following the trend on that album, I felt like. So that was, that was me and my personal issue with Jay on that album. I'm just like, dude, you, you're the, you're the trendsetter, man, not the trend follower. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like a lot of sounds he was trying to go for, it just, it just felt it, it felt like it was trendy. At, at that moment, you know what I'm saying. So I, I can I can I can respect that opinion because the sound was it was I felt like he was at a point at that at, at that at that time where I think for him going trendy was trying something different. I guess. If, if if that's if that's only thing I can think of is that going trendy was something different. Well. If I uh, and I think it was just a crossroads of where now that's why we don't hear that's we used to get Jay Z albums once every year. Yeah. Now it's now he's spreading it out, you know, the music of, of a of a solo project. So I feel like he he was trying to try something different for his standards. You know, saying just to try something new. Yeah, oh, man, it was just yeah, I was just like, damn, Jay. Like I said, he had nuggets. What's that, that drink with Frank Ocean? That was uh-huh. a nugget. He was dropping some gems in that joint. So I was like, yeah, I fuck with, I fuck with Ocean. And then also, too, when it comes to, to hip-hop, I'm also a lyricist first. So if you giving me bars, you know what I'm saying, I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? If I feel like you slacking on the bars, then I, I have a different opinion. But I feel like bars-wise, he still was up there. He still was giving it to us on that album. Really? You, I, 
See, I, I got to listen to it again because y'all definitely remember. I was like, Jay, why are you rhyming like this? Like, what is, what is going Yeah, I don't know. And, and see, for me, for me, I'm the opposite. Like, don't get me wrong. I like lyrics. But if you got, if you have good production and if you have, if you have good delivery and good flow, I mean, you can rap about whatever. If you're delivering it and your flow is on point, I'm going to like it. You can rap about cheese. Biggie could have made an album about fast food restaurants. And with the way Biggie flows, the way he delivers, that shit would have sounded sweet. And as long as he had some good production, which I knew he would have got, you know, from Primo or somebody, it would have been good. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm Lyrics, if I had to pick that for and I think we did it on that live, that live that I told you to watch. Yeah. Um, somebody asked us. We had a super chat to ask. It was like one gotta go. Lyrics, beat, flow, and delivery. And I said lyrics gotta go because to me, yeah, you, if you got the flow and delivery, man, like I could you rap? I mean, yeah, could you rap? Can talk about some shit that I probably not personally know about, but the, the way the, the way he robs and flows on that shit, I just be like, yo, could you rap? is like one of the goals. Same thing with Black Thought. Like Black Thought can rap about any fucking thing. But the way he flows, the way he delivers his shit, I mean, to me, that's, that, that can trump lyrics for me all, all the time. Alright. So, let me add, grown, so, growing up in Detroit, uh, even now, if, you know, say even some of the artists now, even though I'm not too, I'm not, I don't know too many of them, but who did you really listen to from Detroit, from Detroit growing up? Well, you know, sure, my Tell my age. Yeah, growing up, I mean, when I was growing up listening to hip hop, Detroit wasn't really on the map then. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was still East Coast, West Coast. And then the South was starting to make its push. You know, I started listening to hip hop, you know, in the late 80s. You know, 87, mm-hmm. 88 was like my introduction to hip hop. So, yeah, like, you know, by the time I'm, you know, about to graduate from high school or on my way to graduate high school, you know, Eminem kind of, well, before Eminem, we had, MC Breen was kind of like the closest thing, because yeah. he was in Flint, but he was always Detroit a lot, you know what I'm saying? So, MC Breen was kind of like a thing, but he, his albums weren't that good, he just had dope-ass singles, and, you know, he had Esham, Esham was like, yeah, and then, um, who else? And that was really it, like, like I said, by the time I was getting into high school, going to college, Eminem blew up, like, Eminem was like, holy shit, yeah, Eminem. You know, Jay Dillon was mostly on the on the producing side as far as, you know, in the mid-90s. But, yeah, you know, was, we had some village in the late 90s, or 2000s. So, yeah, by the time I was old enough, Detroit really started getting on the map. So, growing up, it was just basically New York. It was East Coast, West Coast, and a little bit of down south with UGK and uh, A-Ball MJG. Like, that That was like, you know, Outkast and stuff. Like, that was pretty much what I listened to. EPMD, Gucci Rap, Ice Cube, like... Yeah, Scarface. So that was when I was growing up. But I mean, yeah, by the time we got into the early 2000s, I mean, I can tell you Detroit artists I was listening to then, you know, if you want to stick with, you know, Motor City. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, it was Black Milk, um, Marv One, who's I'm actually like a close friend to me. Uh, Guilty Simpson, I said Guilty Simpson, Black Milk, Marv One, um, Fat Killers, uh, uh, Mighty Dre- Mighty Dreadnoughts, Invincible, um, 14KT, he was a producer, and Danny Brown. So, like, that was, like, during, when Eminem took off and, like, ascended and just went, you know, went elsewhere, right. I was listening to them cats. I was listening to, you know, Danny Brown, Marv, and, and, and all those cats, you know, around around the way. You know, early Elzai, you know, before he got on uh, Slum Village, you know what I'm saying, Dwelle, because him and Dwelle used to be in a group together, so... Back in the uh, late '90s, so yeah, mm-hmm. like the stuff that was kind of still considered underground, it wasn't mainstream yet. But it was that was like the stuff I was listening to, um, you know, bro, you know, in my later, my later teenage years and early twenties. Yeah, for me, um, from hip hop, I got really introduced to hip hop around '96, '97. Mm-hmm. Is when I start getting into my introduction of really listening to it, you know what I'm saying, and understanding it. Um, Detroit-wise, I was a huge Rock Bottom fan. Big Hurt, Jay Nutty. Jay Nutty, yeah. yeah. And then uh, yeah. the Eastside Cheddar Boys. Eastside Cheddar Boys, yeah. 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 Them, like, to this day, like, it's so crazy watching the, um, what we're going to talk about, but watching the, uh, the locks and the uh, dip set. Mm-hmm. 
when is one song that Cameron got that I do not like to this day. And I might be wrong about this, you know what I'm saying, about this timeline. But I just feel like uh, we that they did it first. But I do not like Old Boy just for the fact that I heard the Eastside Cheddar Boys do it first. Mm-hmm. And I never messed with Cameron's version of Old Boy. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. Mm-hmm. Just because of that. But just because of that song, yeah. Just because of that song. That's the people only song. Love that boy, people love that song. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't really love it like that. It's, I mean, yeah, it definitely I don't know who was plugging Cameron into the his ear into the streets, but yeah, listen to it, it sounds a lot like it. You're like, wait a minute, like, okay, so Cameron must be listening to somebody here. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, but Rob but Big Hurt, man, you couldn't <laughs> tell me you couldn't tell me. Nothing negative about Big Hurt. That was the man to me. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy the other day. He just, he put out a new track with his son. Oh, he did? Uh-huh. His son, I think his son named Young Hurt. What's his, what is it, what, you know what's the track called? I can pull it up. Okay, okay, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, but, uh, did you watch the, uh, the Dipset and Locks? Yes, I did. Yes. See, for me, Going into it, I'm already been a Locks fan. Like that's my favorite rap group ever. And so, yeah, that's my favorite rap group. I've been a, a okay. That kind of makes sense because you said you got in it about '96, '97. So yeah, and I was a bad boy stand. Really? Like my first favorite. <laughs> you was bad boy over death row. If someone, if someone asked you to choose, who was you picking? Oh, bad boy. You picking bad boy? Yeah, like you talking to somebody where my the first rap album I had was Mace. Harlem World was my first rap album. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite rapper. You couldn't tell me no, n- nothing about wrong about Mace. That was my favorite rapper. Like, I literally, one year, begged my mama to buy me a shiny suit. That is hilarious. Dude. Like, <laughs> Bad Boy was it. It was Bad Boy this or Bad Boy that. That's it. And so, um, so yeah, so going into it, I already was biased, you know what I'm saying, with the locks. I don't have nothing against Dipset because I listened to Dipset, but it was I was already like the lots is gonna smash this. But you know what's crazy? Like looking up on the social media streets and stuff, like people were expecting like Dipset to pull this off. I'm like, y'all not forgetting that for one. First of all, Locks these dudes, these dudes literally best friends their entire life. You know they've really been rapping together way before the deal. Like these guys' synergy is probably gonna be next level. And we gotta forget Dipset. They didn't have beefs. They didn't falling out. Got back together. Falling out again. Like not talking, not speaking. So I was like, "Watch the, the synergy. You're gonna." I was telling people, I predicted this shit. I swear I did. I was like, "The synergy of this is gonna be different." I'm telling y'all, y'all saying Dipset gonna wash them. I was like, "Y'all better pump the brakes on this." I'm telling y'all, Locks is gonna come ready. And the whole entire night, I was just sitting there just laughing, like. And I was hitting up people and stuff like, yeah, remember that little tweet you said? That shit didn't age good, did it? They're like, man, uh, I don't got, man, I don't got nothing to say, man. Disappointed. I'm like, I told y'all, man. Because I, I had somebody was telling me, it was like, man, they said, they said the locks, they cool, but they too much on that lyrical shit. That shit ain't going to work in this in, 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 in the verses and stuff. People don't want to hear them, hear them bangers uh, from, from Dipset. And I'm like, yeah, they do. But I said, watching it, I said, Dipset came in here with that mindset that you just said. Yeah. We just gonna play this track, people gonna go crazy, and that's it. And that's not what happened. Yeah, that's why, and, and then also too, Jada was also just, that's why he kept, you know what I'm talking about, they just rapping over the lyrics. It's also a performance aspect of this that y'all not grasping. We're gonna yeah. outperform you, which our freestyles and stuff is gonna be better there's some of y'all tracks because we're going to also outperform you on this stage. And that's what man. they did. It's crazy. And I, I, man, I, I still do not understand this to this day. Because, you know, before the COVID, you know, when I used to go to a lot of hip-hop shows and stuff around here, it's like sometimes when you see people rapping over their vocals, man, it, it, it instantly just makes me want to just turn around and leave the building. Because it is nothing worse. MCs, if you listen to this, please do not. Rhyme over your vocals. This is not a karaoke contest. Uh-huh. Do not rap over your vocals. Have a have when you when you finish your song, have a performance version of your song where it's not no lyrics. 
you rapping your freaking lyrics, you performing stuff. So yes, man, that 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 stuff was just when I saw Dipset doing that, I was like, man, this is horrible, horrible. Like that's what that's what when I have when I have gone to hip hop shows and, and different concerts and stuff, it's I only go to a select few. I don't go to a, a lot. I only go to a select few. So most of the artists I listen to um, when I go to their concert, they they not rapping over the. Uh, over the words, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I never did. But I did see it once and it gives you that, it, it gives you that, that, that feeling like, you feel like, dog, you lazy. Yeah. It made, it just like, I didn't pay my money. To see you. Yeah. You know, and you, and you telling me you can't remember the lyrics to a song that you made. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just feel super lazy, man. I don't, Some stuff, you know, when I'm just up getting dressed, whatever, I might catch some things. But I've been so busy, you know what I'm saying? I haven't really got a chance to sit down and just watch a lot of different people's content. And I need to get back to that because I like supporting people, you know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I need to, I, I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah, like I said, we've been doing it now since, I think, June now. We've been doing it in June. We did, we did a, you know, Biggie versus Big Pun. We did a, uh, me and Mike C-Town last weekend, we did a, uh, MF Doom versus LP. Um, what else we did? Shit, we did. We did quite a few. I'm trying to think of the matchup that we had. Oh, we did a Freddie Kids versus um, Pusha T. Um, that was fun. And uh, we're gonna plan on we plan on doing like a Snoop versus Tupac. Um, and then we might do like a um, we're gonna do like a Detroit versus Chicago. Like we're gonna play like Detroit artists and he's gonna play Chicago artists and right. people from Chicago. So yeah, we, we, you know, it's just plenty. It's plenty like you know matchups. We, we can we can we can go so many ways with this. So yeah, uh-huh. it's just like this some extra content that's fun and people enjoy watching, man. So and it's fun when we do. So I'm looking forward to doing this Mob D versus Outcast tonight. Okay, that's yeah, that's a, that's that's dope right there. Yeah, it's called Our Friday. So you you'll see it like. And the thing about it, if you're a patron, you you can watch it live. But once it, once the live is over, you can only watch the replay on Patreon. So. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's dope, man. It's really, it's really, it's really dope. It's fun. Yeah, I had started listening. To, I, I listened to the whole album, uh, Nas album this morning when I uh, went to. What's your to, first impression? Do you like it better than first, King Disease? I like it better than, than the first King King Disease. Yeah. This okay. is it. Actually, was dope. It flowed. It um it flowed together real nice, and it was when I listened to it because I only listened to it one time straight through so far. My tradition is sometimes I get that finger where I'm like, nah, I gotta pass this. You know, what's next? I didn't have that. Literally from track one to the end, I I, I really enjoyed it. And um, what I appreciate the album more is lyrically, 
he stayed on the level of a 47-year-old man. You know, it wasn't, he didn't uh, dive into none of the, the selling drugs and, you know, uh, fucking this bitch and that bitch and having all this money and this and this. He really stayed on the subject content that made me like, okay, this is a grown-ass man right here. You know, that it's been through life. always kind of been, he's, really, he's been on that grown man shit, really, I think for the most part. I mean... Even going back since life is good, I think that album I mean, definitely you definitely saw the transition of Nas being into that, you know, quote unquote grown man rap. I mean, but like I said, yeah, he's been kind of doing it. He was probably a little more gullier and more street street rhyming in his earlier days. But I think since life is good up to now, yeah, Nas definitely been on that on that grown man. My only issue is like some of his production, especially when he did that album with Kanye, Nas here. Oh. I just feel like the I feel like the production was off, and I feel like Nas' rhyming was off. He probably was rapping. Uh-huh. He was rapping about grown man shit, but like the rhyming, I feel like his synergy with Kanye West on that album, making that album, just wasn't on point. Like I didn't, I didn't feel the connect right there. Feel it to be a one producer, one MC uh, album. No, but I really felt like this was a solid project that he did. Yeah. And, uh, I saw he had Lauryn Hill, so this, uh, this is all I'm asking: Is it singing Lauryn Hill or is it rapping Lauryn Hill? It's rapping Lauryn Hill. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear it. But look, this is the only thing about it is that the fact that we don't get Lauryn Hill music, anything that she gives us, it seems like you appreciate because you don't get that much. But uh, if, if, if she would have been singing a hook again, I, I probably wouldn't care. Even though uh, she's a good singer, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not taking that away. But I want rapping as I want El Boogie. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. So I hope. If you say she's rapping, I'm hoping we get El Boogie on that on that track that she got. Yeah, she's rapping. I'm, 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 like I said, I'm gonna listen to it as soon as we're done recording this or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I hope we get I hope we get the Fuji's the score of El Boogie on this. Yeah, it was she she actually she really delivered to me. You know, she really delivered. I so I think he really want to appreciate. I'm, I'm gonna definitely listen to it because I know we're gonna I know we're gonna talk about it on Daddy Hip Hop at some point pretty you know pretty soon. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely start getting a leg up and uh, listen to it and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. How do you feel about going, going back to? Uh, have you been into any, any concerts recently? Um, the only one. Cause then y'all say y'all did y'all didn't you go to uh, the the Kanye thing? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. Um, I I kind of went to a concert. It was like a it was an outdoor. Uh, uh, my girl, she took me for my birthday this past this past birthday in April. It was like an outdoor jazz concert. Um, you know, outdoor candlelight, like everyone was all like sitting separated. So I mean, like that was the my first like going to a live show since the pandemic hit. Like before the pandemic hit, the last concert I went to was a uh, Raphael Sadiq. He was uh, performing at the Tabernacle. This was Jan- January thirtieth. I remember because I had, I had got sick like about maybe two or three days after that concert, and I thought I had COVID, but I didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I mean at the time we didn't know it was COVID, but I. My doctor gave me some antibiotics, and I felt like a man bucks the next day, so I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't COVID. But, yeah, I remember I got sick after that. But, no, I haven't been to any, like, rap concerts or, like, you know, a full concert since the pandemic, you know, since this pandemic went down. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I just uh, um, bought my, my best friend. I bought her two tickets to go to the uh, her concert out here in L.A. Um, in a couple weeks. But... Dog, looking at some of these videos from some of these festivals. Laughing Palooza and rolling, rolling Loud. I just couldn't, right now, I just couldn't imagine going to it. Like, I'm nervous. Like, I feel like I had went to, um, what was that, Wednesday or Sunday? So three days before I got symptoms from when I had COVID. I had went to one of the comedy shows out here in L.A. Uh, it was called Chocolate Sundays. At the Laugh Factory. And it was a lot of people there. I felt uncomfortable there. And that's where I felt like I got the COVID. That's where I felt like I got it. I felt un- uncomfortable there. I couldn't imagine going to one of these festivals and being around you that barely, many people. You barely saw people wearing masks. Like, you might saw like one or two people out of a needle in the haystack of groups of people wearing a mask. That shit was wild. Yeah, I. Yeah, man, I, it is, it's, <laughs> it's just thinking about it, it's got me going crazy, because, and, uh, 
and think about how New York, how New York is trying to trying to start it off. But how do you feel about well, because you got the vaccine, but how do you just overall feel about people having to have the vaccine, basically taking the choice out of their hands to live their everyday life, to do things? Because how New York is making it where they're make they're trying to make it to where you can't even go to a restaurant. Unless you, got, unless, unless you show a vaccine card. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, to be honest with you, it's not surprising. I mean, I, I, I kind of had a feeling that it was going to start getting to this point to where, you know, the government was going to start kind of like forcing people to take the vaccine, you know, get vaccinated or whatever. Um, I mean, you know, I, it's, I ain't going to sit here and be like, yeah, they should do that. I mean, I feel like it's still feel like it's your choice. Look. If you don't want to get vaccinated and you don't want to protect your loved ones or your family or anyone else, then that's your choice. I feel like you should still give the per- a, pe- a person a choice whether they want to get it or not. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it was my choice to do it because, you know, I- I'm around loved ones or whatever. I'm around people I care about, so I want to be I want to be safe, you know, and I want people around me to be safe. So that was my reason to get it. You know, I just want to protect my loved ones. But other than that, you know, I don't think you should, you know, Force, force the issue on people and make them like have to take it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, that I don't agree with. But I mean, I, I am, I am for the pro vax. Look, I'm, I'm looking at it like this. Look, if you want to get the vaccine, good. If you don't want to get it, it's good. I'm not, ju- I'm not gonna like judge you or look at you a certain way just because you don't. If you anti-vax or whatever, like I ain't gonna be like, oh, you're anti-vax. Oh man, I ain't fucking with you no more. Like you know, it's like, like oh, okay, you don't get, you don't want to get vaccinated. That's your choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, same way when you get in the car. You want to put your seatbelt on? All right. You get into an accident. You fly out that bad boy head first and die. Mm-hmm. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? But that's how I look at it. Like, I, I should. Be, I feel like it should be a person's choice. Yeah. That's, I, I, for me, re, my main reason of not um, getting vaccinated yet is, is more of a level of, of, um, of trust, I guess, is I'm waiting. I want to see, I want to see more um, facts about it because it seems like every day that I watch, every day that I even hear something about it is flip flopping. Yeah. The vaccination yeah. uh, can help; it, it helps pre- prevent. Then it's well, you just it's won't not- be as sick. Then it goes from it goes from this percentage of. Of, of prevention to down now it's down to forty percent prevent you know saying preventable uh, of getting to this and that and it's like well which is it you know what I mean you want me to you want me to put something in my body and you can and it's no definition uh, defined uh, thing about the vaccine then it goes from the uh, this vaccine this and this and then the Johnson the Johnson is terrible for you you know what I mean it's it's like Come on, you know what I'm saying? Give me some factual stuff to make me more comfortable with putting something in my body that I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know exactly what it's going to do for me. Right. No, and, and I mean, that's fair. That's that's fair, man. You know what I'm saying? If people, if people have those reasons, then look, that's, that's, that's a fair reason for you not to take it. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, yeah, it took me a minute. I mean, you know, I, you know it took me a minute to like, because when the vaccine started going out, I'm just like, hmm. kind of quick they came around with this or whatever i mean even though i know they've been kind of working on this since you know last march but it's just like damn they got the vaccine fully fully out so it took me a minute i mean it took like it took like people in my family to get for me to get it really because it's like okay well if we all don't have no history of no you know no sicknesses and everything and my family got it and they're they're good they're doing good that was really pretty much my comfort level I'm like, all right cool well, i'm gonna get it because they've been different they start having some effects like little small effects or something, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. no, but you know, once 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 my pops got it and my sister got it and everybody, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and get it, man. You know, at least because and then at some point I was planning on flying and seeing them at some point, so I'm like, well, at least I want to we can all be around each other safe and, and be straight, or whatever. So that was pretty much my reason for getting it because you know, like you said, there's so many stuff you read one thing. And you're like, oh, okay, so it's this, this. And then two weeks later, you read something else. Well, now they found out the vaccine is something, something, something. And then two weeks later, oh, now they found out the vaccine can also. It's like, yeah, this is, 
There's so much stuff, man. It's like, what's the what's the definite, actual, factual side effects, whether it's good or bad, from taking this vaccine shot? You know what I'm saying? So I, I get it. I get people's hesitation on it. Okay. So, um, oh, this is something I, I was I, I wanted to ask. I would love to get the answer from all y'all, but I'm gonna get your answer. What region is your favorite hip? Is your favorite region for hip hop? Like West, South, like like, like currently or all time? Just all time. Oh man! West, South, East, Midwest. I mean, I would I would venture to say East. You know, just because. By default, I would probably say East is because they just got it's so many damn. You know, I mean, yeah, hip hop has been living the longest out there, and so they got the most artists, the most albums throughout this whole, you know, the lifespan of hip hop. So I would probably say East Coast. Um, but you know, one thing about growing up in Detroit, I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably saw this too. It's like I, I feel like you know, us not having no rappers really, or nobody, you know, coming out when we mm-hmm. was coming up, like. Detroit was a melting pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we played it all. Like we played South stuff, we played East Coast stuff, we played West Coast stuff. So it was like, you know, yeah, you of course you probably have friends or, or cousins or relatives that, you know, probably prefer, you know, one particular region of music over the other. But for me, yeah, I was just like it was like a melting pot for me. But I, I gave by, I guess by default I would say New York just because it's just it's just more. They just have more. More artists, more albums. Yeah, I would say that. I would say New York. I mean, yeah, it was it was a good period. At least from like ninety one to like ninety five, I was playing a lot of New York hip hop. Like, I think the only West Coast stuff I was really playing was Snoop and Dre, Too Short, and like and then Cube. Snoop and Dre, Too Short, and Cube. Like that was like the only West Coast I was playing at one point. Everything else was like New York, Red Man, EPMD. Uh, public enemy, try call quest. They lost like so. Yeah, I would say New York. New York would probably be the the region I would pick all the time. Yeah, New York. See, for me, um, New York, Philly. That's still kind of like East Coast, though. So, yeah, I mean, it is. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying East Coast. I'm just saying yeah. like the like New York, Philly. So East Coast for me too. New York, yeah. Philly was my was my two. Like. Yeah. Just, like in high school, you like I always been a you know um, a Jill Scott fan. Um, I love Eve. I was a hardcore Cassidy fan, nigga. Do you, you can, hey, <laughs> I mean, it's just all. I just talking about this just made me think about all the uh, arguments I used to have in high school. You know, I was like, nigga, Cassidy kill anybody. <laughs> and when I go back, what's so funny is, is that when I go back to listen to some of the cast that I was so hardcore for when I was younger. I'd be like, hey, how did I listen to this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, man, it's, you know, okay, okay, I know I'm gonna get a lot of slack for this one. But you know what album I used to love when it came out? I used to bump the fuck out of this album. But like, in recent years, I've been playing it, I'm like, damn, this shit don't hit the same no more. It's 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. I kinda disagree with, oh my god. No, 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 see, I, I'm not saying I'm expecting you to agree with me, but I know I get a lot of slack when I say that. Like, Cause someone asked me like, "What's a classic album that that you feel like?" I think someone asked me like, "What's a classic album that you felt that didn't that didn't grow? Like you loved it back then, but it didn't it didn't grow on you. It didn't it don't hit the same now." And "Get Rich or Die Trying" is always my first answer. Always like the album for the album for me is uh, Eminem. Some uh, the some shady LP. Some shady LP. Yeah, when I when I try to go back, you know, because I have I get in my modes, you know, when I'm driving because I drive a lot, so I get in my modes where I'm like, man, I'm gonna throw some old stuff on, get some, you know, get that vibe again. I threw that on and I was like, I don't want to listen to you about killing your girlfriend and your mama and putting them in a trunk and I'm like, okay, yeah, I was like, this don't this don't hit the same no more. It don't hit the same, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what is it with fifty. Now I ain't, I'm not saying. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying the album's whack or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, when I listen to it again, I'm just like, man, this shit. 
And I'm and maybe it could be but no, it, it ain't because of that. I was about to say maybe because I played the hell out of that album, but then I played a hell out of a lot of albums back mm-hmm. then and I still enjoy it today. So that's not the reason. But I don't know. Is it something about the fifty cent? Give us a trying it, it just doesn't it don't hit for me the same way it used to back then. I was so much of a see, before that album even dropped, I was already a fifty fan. Like I was you know what I'm saying? I was into the mixtapes and everything. So I knew about 50 before that. So like How to Rob and all that stuff. I knew about 50. So that album, I guess for me, it, it I hold it in a different light because that album and Getting Rich to Die Trying the movie made me want to sell drugs. <laughs> I swear, it made me want to sell drugs and start rapping. Both of them. And so I guess it, it, I hold it to a different part. It's, it, it's, it's in me. And that, that album is one of my favorite all time. So yeah, at that time, that album came out, you know, I'm 20, 22, 23 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I got my own, I'm an I'm adult now. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a dating now when that, when Givers of Train came out. So, yeah, I just remember, like, yo, I mean, yeah, I was, I was clubbing a lot too. So that could be another part of the reason why I love that album so much because, yeah, they used to play it in clubs a lot. Like, yeah, it just, yeah, that 50s. And like you said, it was, people was ready for that out. Because, like, leading up to that, he had all those mixtapes and stuff. Because 50 was really, like, the first one to really, like, put the mixtape scene yes. on, on the map. Like, okay, you're going to release a mixtape before you release your major, your major album. So, like, after 50 Cent, a lot of people started doing that. Like, releasing, mm-hmm. like, little mixtapes before the albums come out. Lil Wayne is a product of that. Lil Wayne, he took what 50 Cent did and just, like, took that shit to another level right. as far as like releasing mixtapes and stuff in between albums or before the album. So yeah, you could you could argue that fifty cent, probably after Snoop Dogg's doggy style, fifty cent is the biggest, like the biggest hip hop debut album. Like as far as just like critically acclaimed, you know, the records are sold and everything, the anticipation. Like nobody was anticipating the album like they was fifty cent during that time when Gibbers and Dot Train came out. And it was the same way with Snoop Dogg with Doggy Style. Like when he blew up on the chronic, like everybody was like, "Yo, who is this Snoop Dogg kid? When is he dropping out?" Like that shit was huge when Doggy Style came out. So I think Fifty Cent was number two on the biggest, in my opinion. No, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Snoop, Snoop and Fifty, I agree with that one. Yeah, like no one was bigger than them two when they came out with their debut album. Like you talking to like uh, when I was because I was in high school when Fifty. And Jay Z had a uh, shoe deals with Reebok. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I had almost every pair of jeans that came out. Yeah. Like that's how big of a Fifty Cent fan I have been. I had almost every pair. I used to walk around with the G Unit uh, uh, bullet uh, fake bulletproof vest with yeah. G Unit right here at during at school. That's how big of a fan I was. Let me ask you this. Okay, so seeing kind of how much of a falling out and I guess a G-Unit well they probably wouldn't be able to do this would you think a G-Unit versus Dipset would have been a better matchup after after seeing what we saw a couple days ago D is only only depending one only one only one way if they did the same way where they had um well I guess because you can do the mixtape stuff too because I'm about to say album wise they don't have that many songs yeah, because they only made what? They only made one. They, they made, it was they made only, two. they made, they made two. two projects, I think, but only yeah, one of them really stood out. Yeah. That was yeah. the first one. After yeah. that, it was, you know, the other ones really didn't, didn't have any joints on it like that. Yeah. So they did individual songs plus some of the mixtape stuff, but the only thing is, is that their mixtape stuff doesn't, um, uh, how can I put it? It doesn't, uh, age as as well, just for the fact of that stuff came out pre, you know, you know, saying pre when internet was popular. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people outside of New York really don't, you know, saying don't know it. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But uh, but I think they could did the same thing that the Locks did though. They could have bullied them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could have just bullied them, you know, saying their way through it. But like I said, I don't think that would happen either because I don't think G-Man don't speak in terms at all. Like, I don't think, I don't think Lloyd Banks and 50 haven't spoken years and, you know, I think the only person that 50 probably keep in contact with yeah. on a personal level is Tony Ayo. But other than that, yeah, Young Buck, they ain't don't speak in terms, like, 
don't think Gio knows speaking terms. So that, that 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 versus wouldn't even happen, even if even, even if people wanted to happen. Now the versus that I did want to see last year, but I don't understand why he won't do it. But I would have loved to seen that Fifty Cent and Ti though. Yeah, I, I you know I think Fifty Cent he I think he he's he act like or comes off like he's too big to do a versus. You know, I just said artists that like I don't think Jay Z would do a versus. Like I don't think Jay Z would ever do a versus. I don't think Nas would do a versus. I just feel like they feel like they're too. They're bigger than the versus brand, I guess, for some reason. That's how I feel. I'm not saying what they're thinking, but that's just I feel like those artists feel like they're too big to do a versus. But the, also, the problem is, is someone like a Jay Z, for example. Who would you see him going against? The only person I can see him going against is Drake. It's Dr. Drake? No, it's Drake. Oh, it's Drake? I mean, it'll be a clash of errors at that point. I mean, if you and if you're judging it by hits, I mean, if you're going by hits, you know, Drake might have a little chance because a lot of people love Drake. I mean, a lot of people. People from like 30 and under, they love Drake. They freaking mm-hmm. love Drake. I can't really say the same about folks my age and older. I mean, there's some people that's my age that fuck with Drake. But, I mean, if you're going with like B-sides and deep cuts, I mean, Jay going to eat him up a lot. But that's what I'm saying. But like, who, but who could you see going against him besides, besides him? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I can see, I can see Niles going against uh, Jay. I can see Jay and Niles doing the verses. Me, me and FIFO did a, a, a Jay-Z and Nas uh, Friday matchup, and I won. I actually won. Like, yeah, I can see. If he, if, if Nas picked the right joints, yeah, Nas can bang, Nas can bang with a Jay-Z. I mean, hell, they right there in the same class. Okay. I know. I didn't even, you know. <laughs> you know these, these verses, though, they be a lot about, they kind of be more about hits. Like, people, people want to hear the hits. So, you know. Yeah, if, you, if you're going by Drake's hits, you know, against Jay-Z hits, then yeah, Drake can have a chance. But, like, if it's just, like, we're doing the whole spectrum hits, B-sides, deep cuts, like, oh, yeah, Jay. Okay. Drake will win the sprint. He'll win 100 meters, but Jay will win the marathon by far. Like, easily. Okay. Yeah, okay, I can, I can see that. Yeah, because, I, like, I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about the B-side aspect of it. Yeah, but like also too another thing about the verses, you know, people always they look at the artist and be like, "Oh no, he he killed that artist. He got way too many hits." And it's like, wait a minute, y'all. It's only twenty songs. Like if it's twenty versus twenty, you know, if if this group only made three dope ass albums, I'm pretty sure they can find twenty songs out of those three dope ass albums on top of whatever dope features that they had. So usually when I see these verses, I don't look at all of them as being washed. I just be like, look. Both of these artists got a chance because if you only playing twenty songs, you know people just look at the artists and think, "Oh, they, this person made nineteen albums and this person only made four. There's no way the person that made four albums going to win." It's like, no, not the person that made four albums. Pull out the twenty best tracks that we remember. It's going to be a fight. You know what I'm saying? People mm-hmm. forget that about these verses. Yeah, uh, we about to uh, we about to get ready to wrap this up, but um, before we do, what's what's three artists? Doesn't matter hip hop or any other genre mm-hmm. um, that you listen to from this from right now. Newer artists, new so new artists from any genre. In the yeah, doesn't have to be just hip hop. Okay, um, uh, this this UK singer he dope as hell called Dornick D O R N I K. Okay, um, he dope as fuck. Um, I listen to him. I just. And to be honest with you, I listen to a lot of instrumental albums and like a lot of a lot of producer stuff. So like Flying mm-hmm. Lotus, fucking love Flying Lotus. He's out there in the West Coast actually. Um, and then let me see, hip hop or jazz? I would say. Thinking, thinking of, I'm thinking of genres outside of hip hop because yeah, hip hop. I mean, yeah, Rome Streets, Ransom. I'm more. I'm kind of more like underground ish on the uh, hip hop tip. Let me see. You got me looking through my uh, music collection. It's a, it's a, oh, and I can't pronounce his name. I always mess his name up when I try to pronounce his name. Kasama um, Washington, Kasima Washington, he's a, a saxophonist. Okay. He, he's, he's done some work on Tepimpa Butterfly. 
He's done some work with Thundercat. I don't know if you familiar with Thundercat. Um, he's done some work on. Um, he done some saxophone work on Mac Miller's albums. Um, yeah, Mac Miller and Kendrick Lamar was like his biggest like. You know, like oh shit, like who is this dude playing a saxophone throughout this album? So yeah, those are some of the artists I, I like to listen to. That's kind of outside of hip hop. Okay. Um, for me, some of the uh, some of the cats I listen to, and they, you know. For me, you know, saying they're newer, you know, saying because I I didn't really just recently um, got onto them within like the last year or two, and um, that's uh, I don't know, you know, IDK. Yeah, we we, we reviewed them uh, last week. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I'm. We reviewed the Travis projects. I I just got on the hill. He's dope. Yeah, listen to um. I'm gonna tell you what albums because you just you just listened to his new album. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what albums to get listen to. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you in a minute. All right, listen to uh, Is He Real, which is the last album he released back in 2019. Okay. And then listen to I Was Very Bad. It came out in 2017. Good projects. Good projects. So, yeah. And uh, we'll read all those. Yeah, him, uh, Blast. Who? Blast. B L K S T. Blast. No, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he's an okay. LA artist. He's a singer or a rapper? He's a singer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually is on Nas' new album. He's on... Oh, okay. All right. He actually on Nas' new album. Blast, and then... Um, uh, I'll just say female-wise, I love Rhapsody. Okay. So I'm, I'm a big Rhapsody fan also. So them some of the three people that I... Uh, that's been frequently, you know what I'm saying, on the rotation. Rotation. Okay. Not a bad list. I'm gonna check out that. I'm gonna check out that uh, Blast guy. Yeah, check. Yeah, definitely check him out. Um, but yeah, but so, uh, but what else? What else you got coming up? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, you know, this recording tonight, me and FIFO, another uh, Daddy Hip Hop uh, uh, member, um, I do with this uh, I Friday battles with him. It's kind of similar to the verses, uh, the verses that we see. That's done with Timberland and, and Swiss, but we just threw our twist on it. We pick artists that we're a fan of, and we just, hey, 13 tracks, we go at it. And we talk shit. Like, this is a, we don't do that whole, oh, we're celebrating this artist. And It'll be like, all right, you played this? Oh, well, I got this for you. Like, we, we be talking shit. And, you know, we, like I said, we have our own studio, so we be having our little drinks and shit. Yeah. We drinking and playing music and stuff. So it's dope, man. So I'm doing that um, tonight for this recording. Um, I'm pretty sure we're gonna record. We're gonna review Nas at some point. We just we just released Isaiah Rashad's album review. Um, we talked about the Lupe and uh, Royce Five Nine uh, battle tracks and Mickey Fax battle tracks. Uh, what else we got coming up? I think that's it. I mean, oh yeah, and if you follow our Is the Mike Stallone podcast, um, we're, we're recording live this Sunday. This upcoming Sunday, we're gonna do a live. We're doing a live recording. So be sure to check that out. It's on the Is the Mike Stallone YouTube channel. Um, YouTube.com forward slash Is the Mike Stallone. So we'll be live at 12 o'clock, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Sunday. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, yeah, and Dead End Sports on Tuesdays. I do Dead End Gaming and Dead End Sports podcasts on Tuesdays. So be on the lookout for those. And, yeah, man, I'm always busy. Always uh-huh. on the go. Well, what's the Instagram? Instagram, all socials. Busy for the 30. B-E-E-Z-Y-430 across the board. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, I mean any form of social media. I, I don't even use TikTok, but I created a TikTok just so I had my BZ430. Like, Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat, but across the board, BZ430. You can find everything on there. All right. And, um, oh, and I got to say this. When I come to Atlanta, um, I, I got I to get, you know what I'm saying, into something, whatever y'all get into, I got to get into something. I got some, st- I got some stuff to talk about with Mike. Okay, okay, <laughs> like, like on daily hip hop stuff or is the Mike stuff? Doesn't matter. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. Whenever I uh, know that I'm coming down, I'll let I'll let you know, and we we'll set whatever up. Okay. Because my man, because Mike got to put some more respect in my man Jay Z name. He a little too loose with disrespect. <laughs> a little too. Loose. Mike is coming around slowly though. He's coming around a little slowly because. <laughs> When we did a full forty four, Mike actually he actually loves that album. Mm-hmm. He loves that, and he said, which is so funny to me, 
So yeah, so I said when I when I get ready to come down there, I'll let you know we just set something up. Um, y'all know y'all know the Instagram man Brandon Jordan Comedy, and uh, this is another episode man. And uh, thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. You know, gotta 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 show love to the, to the Detroiter, man. Gotta gotta show love. When you reached out, I was like, man, hell yeah, like Detroit, Detroit in the house. Yeah, I'm actually gonna wear this. Like, I was just about to say, and, and, and appreciate showing love with, with, with the shirt. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like I said, y'all wear this when we went live that last Wednesday, and I'm going to wear it tonight for the uh, Friday battle. All right. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm repping, man. I'm repping. All right, bro. All right, man. I'll holler at you, and uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Peace out, people. Peace out.